Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Uh, Mr. Jackson. Welcome is it a good day? To are Cloudlandia. You are you in the chair? Are you on the patio? Are you on the in the I garden? Am, yes, I'm in my courtyard and it's a Court, courtyard. Day. Uh, That's we'll, right. We'll up we'll update the we'll update the description in your C V here. There we go. That's right. I mean, yes, I lovingly refer to it as the evil scheming position. That's where I am. Yeah. And we're having, we're in Chicago today, so we're having okay. perfect weather. Yeah, absolutely nice. perfect. It's around 75, bright sky. I know. Yeah, that's great. So anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I am fully oxygenated and feeling great. So that's always good. Amazing. It was funny because I, is. Do you know a writer named Stephen Pressfield? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Joe, Joe and I had Stephen on for three podcasts. Well, it was two hours, so it'll be three podcasts uh-huh. uh, Friday. And oh wow! Um, so and uh, we're the same age. We're seventy-eight. Oh, wow. and, and I didn't know about him, but Joe said, I was talking to Stephen Pressfield, and he really loves your little books. And I oh, said, yeah, yeah. well, I, I always want to meet somebody who loves my little books. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, what better intro than you can have than that? So anyway, we yeah. set up. And then he sent me all his books, and we sent him about 10 of the little books that he didn't have and but we did we did a you know it was like two hours and it could have gone five hours and yeah yeah. uh, he's a fascinating guy yeah and my podcast you know gord vickman is my podcast Mm -hmm. manager and afterwards i said well well what'd you think of that because he said you know he listens in because he's going to have to edit them afterwards and he said that was the deepest, widest, most philosophical, you know, podcast that you've had, you know, that I've been listening in on. So yeah. Oh, wow, words, that's something. Yeah. And it was really interesting. I mean, it just covered the gamut. And time-wise, it was about third Stephen, a third me, and a third Joe. And, oh, wow. And so at one point, Stephen asked Joe, he says, what's the way that you really focus yourself every day? And Joe said, well, you know, he said, I, you know, I've really gotten into, you know, deep cold water plunges. And so he oh, said, really? I do that every day. And he said, and meditate. He said, I meditate every day. And, you know, and then breathing. And I said, well, I do the third one. I always do some breathing every day. Yes. <laughs> Not just in the morning, like you're an enthusiast. I do it. No, this I'm, was like, this was like, I'm obsessed. This, I, this, this one I picked up right at birth. <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm obsessed with it. I do it all the time. I don't recommend not don't breathing. Leave. Yeah. Yeah. Do not go a day without breathing. <laughs> no, that's, that's not good for anyone. But that's Even, an interesting to- topic. What is sort of the always habits that mm-hmm. people have, you know, and yeah. and so that might be a topic as it relates to Cloudlandia. What are well, always uh, Cloudlandia? Is, uh, yeah, yeah. 
You know, I, I've been since we were doing the the Joy of Procrastination podcast. I, you know, when we uncovered the you know procrastination kickstart as a way to kind of start the day, because I've always been a fan of my. I know I'm being successful when number one thing is I wake up every day and say, what would I like to do today? And, you know, uh, kind of modified that or enhanced it with the realization that procrastination always has the answer for us, right? We always know, like what you always know what your top three priorities are right away. Yeah. The thing that that you're procrastinating most on. That's exactly it. You don't need to keep a list of them or to keep all of that. It's like every day. And so that's been really great. I've been sort of over the last you know month or so, really examining my days and really examining how I prefer to work. Like how if I set up it any way that I want it, that's really what I've been that's really what I've been experimenting with. I've gotten into a really nice routine now of waking up a little earlier than I normally have. Than before. Yeah. Then before Dean and new Dean that I really, you know, I kind of wake up around six or six 30 now. And I've been really enjoying spending the first two or three hours of the morning with no cell phone, no like, you know, outside contact kind of thing. And I'm realizing that is my, that's my happy spot, you know, like mm-hmm. in that two two or three hours of just thinking about um, your thinking, thinking about my thinking. That's exactly right. And it's so my favorite positions, you know, if I think about the productivity positions, like sitting on the you know, on the white couch or going to the cafe. There's a cafe that I go to here called N plus one. And I've got a great couch that, you know, I'll sit there and, you know, with my journal and my remarkable tablet. And just that's where I get my best stuff done. I've realized it's really about that period of time. Then everything else is like I never have any appointments with the world before one o'clock. Say you know yeah. like I don't really talk to uh, to anyone. So all of my I try and set up my calendar to be. I, I like the Warren Buffett calendar of having complete like blank. You know <laughs> to be able to you know move at. Uh, fill it in with the things that I really want that have momentum kind of, you know, work within that rather than being locked into something. Now, having said that. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. I I had a conversation once with people with a person and several others, but one person in particular who has had conversations with Warren Buffett over the years. And and he says it's really amazing when you think about who he is and you know the influence he's had and 
And he said, you know, it's almost like you can get him almost anytime you want, almost like anytime yeah. you put through a call, you can get him. And he said, how can you, you run this massive, you know, investment, you know, this investment system that you have, which is world famous, be one of the most famous investors in U.S. history. And and Warren Buffett said, he said, you know, I don't have much in my calendar. He said, you know, I don't yeah. plan too much. I don't plan too much ahead. And he said, you know, he says, I have a great team and I have a great structure and a great process. And mm-hmm. and I'm he said, I'm just keep my day free for something new and really interesting that might come up. And usually it's, a, you know, it's a communication. Somebody wants to communicate about something. And he said, you know, people have learned not to waste my time. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the people who can get a hold of me have learned not to waste my time. So that kind of yeah. it gives you the conditions. But yeah. it's really funny because I came up with a statement. You know, it's one of my one-liners that goes goes into my quote books, and the and people grabbed it right away and they wrote it down. And I said, "Tightly structured entrepreneurs can never transform themselves." That's true. Tightly scheduled yeah. entrepreneurs yeah, yeah. can never transform themselves because they never have. They're always thinking about other people's thinking. They're always thinking about other people's activities. They're always thinking about other things. They don't have time to actually think about their own thinking. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's really something to that. I like your, I always think there's something about the control. You It's something that you said about one of the, I think it's an attorney who's in the, in strategic coach, who's policy was I'll never return your phone call today, but I will always return your phone call tomorrow, which is really like cordoning off. Well, and he was, it's like, well, and the thing was he was a very famous defense attorney, you know, so Mm -hmm. that, you know, so everybody's dealing with and everything he's dealing with in his law practice are crises and emergencies. Yeah. I mean, you don't go to a defense attorney, you know, to plan the future. <laughs> you go to a defense attorney to to because you have the a threat of your cracked. future right. being taken. You have it, your future is going to be taken away from you, you know. And yeah. and and you know, I mean, this is like in the early 1990s, and he was yeah. already, you know, he was like a five hundred dollars an hour. And with no guarantee how many hours there are going to be, you know. Mm. And so he he told me, uh, I was talking to him, you know, just privately at one of the breakout groups at one of our workshops. And I said, I said, you've really worked out. I said, you can't just have that policy. I mean, that's kind of like the appliance you can see. I'll never, you know, I'll never return your phone call today. I will always return your phone call tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I said, but it's almost like that's the appliance you see on the wall. But there's got to be a lot of plumbing and electricity behind the walls that lets you do that. And he said, well, first of all, it was just a decision one day. That was a policy I was, you know, I was going to mm-hmm. instill. And and he says, and I don't have ongoing clients. I mean, my clients are usually not people that it's usually a one event you know, engagement with them, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to go to prison or, 
you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to lose big something. And he said, generally, he said, if I don't, he said, I always commit to what I'm going to do with the individual, but it may have been such an unpleasant experience. I just told my team, I just don't want to work with it. Well, I said, that's part of the electricity and plumbing, you know, and, and he said, but he remembers this one guy and he was, it was, it was a homicide, you know, it was a homicide that they were dealing with. And uh, so he, the guy calls, you know, he makes an arrangement and they meet right away. Not today, but tomorrow. And they mm. met tomorrow. And and so when they got started, the, the lawyer said to the person, he says, now, now, he said, we're not engaged yet. So we don't have a contract yet. So I just want to tell you something. He said, as we're going through this, I will never answer your phone call today. I will always answer your phone call tomorrow. Return your mm-hmm. phone call tomorrow. And the guy said, I'm paying you $500 an hour. He says, no, you aren't. I'm not charging you for this. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. You're not. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he says, I'm paying you $500 an hour. You'll return my phone calls when I want you to. And the lawyer says, now, see what perfect understanding that we have right now that we're not going to work together. Uh-huh. I love that. That and is he, so great. And yeah. he said, and here's the thing. There's going to be meetings that we have that take all day. And you'll notice one thing while I'm take, while I'm talking to you all day, I'm not returning anybody's phone call. Right. I love that. The purity of it. Right. Like that's kind of, that's one of the essence of the free days, focus days and buffer days in a way, you know, like yeah. I think about your calendar and you know, I think you told me like 150 workshop days. Right? Five, 155. 155 workshop days where you look at no, that no, calendar. No, no, 155 free days. 155 free days. Okay. And so it's 155 free days, 180 focus days, and 30 buffer days. And oh, that's been in place. 80 workshop days. Okay. Well, not workshop days, but oh, oh, okay. uh, direct like like creating books, doing podcasts, doing workshops, because it all generates sales. You know, it all mm-hmm. generates. So it's a market. You know, it's you know you're selling something. There there are days when yeah. sales are being created, registrations are being created, yeah, and yeah. the new material. So that's a hundred. Uh, but I don't do the hundred and eighty. Focus days if I'm not taking my 155 free days. Right. Do you, how, I didn't realize that you made that distinction then there's only 30 buffer days. Yeah. yeah and, and the reason is I'm so well delegated. And yeah. the other thing is I don't do meetings. Right. So I do, you know, I do impact filters, impact you know, filter and reviews. if I want, I want something. I write up an impact filter and that would be mainly on a buffer day. And I send a PDF to the person and Mm -hmm. I said, let's talk for a few minutes about this. And they get the impact filter and they know Mm -hmm. what I'm, you know, they know exactly what, uh, you know, I want to meet about. I tell them, you know, what the purpose of it is and it's going to be successful with this and exactly what I need from them. And they get that beforehand. And mm-hmm. then they come in and they say, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And 
can we also bring so-and-so in on this? And I said, it's up to you. I said, it's up mm-hmm. to you. I said, all I want is a finished result. And I've never, that never takes more than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can do it on Zoom. You can do it on, I don't do things on the phone, but you could do it. You're about, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're, you're the only phone person in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. I think that's if I best. look at my telephone, you know, my use of telephone every year, you're 80% of my telephone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. And <laughs> yeah, and then they can't have a meeting with me unless I get an impact builder from them. And mm-hmm. they said, well, you know, there's some things I'm not, you know, I'm not really clear about. And I said, well, then do the new form, which is the certainty, uncertainty, and send me the certainty and they always come in and they said, you know, I thought I had a lot to talk about, but I just have a few things to check with you. And I yeah. said, yeah, why should I do your thinking for you when you come into the meeting? Right, right, right. That's so great. That's the but what, this is what I'm talking about, the electricity and the plumbing behind the walls. You see right. somebody mm-hmm. who's really great at something and you say, boy, he or she must just have this great natural ability, you know, to do this. I don't know how they do it. Well, you got a whole system, you have a whole team, you got operating rules, you got, mm. you know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot that goes on that you don't see. Like One your three great. hour thing and your three hour thing first thing in the morning, which is yeah. new, but you always did that. You're just starting mm-hmm. earlier. You, you just true. decided. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm realizing now, though, is True. The it's thinking ahead, planning a little bit more into what I'm actually doing in that time. Yeah, that it was an interesting thing that I found myself. That was a that's certainly I'm most creative and I'm most like focused, and I can get the most accomplished in that setting right alone in my comfortable environment with my journal and my thoughts thinking about my thinking but thinking Mm -hmm. about my thinking in a moving forward way that is in support of recurring things like i imagine how is the split for you on I'll call I call it synchronous and asynchronous things like you know, a workshop focus day for you is synchronous and scheduled and you show up there's other people involved and it's happening you know it's there and you just kind of strap in the ride and you come out the other end of it but on focus days where it's asynchronous where you're what's your process for like preparing for a workshop or developing new tools or thinking through thinking about your thinking? How's that? Well, first of all, there's a structure that you have to understand that the wife, you know, I mean, the coaching strategic coach, we're in our 33rd year. And so Babs is in charge of our schedule. Okay. So, yeah. so, so the first thing that Babs does, Babs knows a year ahead of time exactly when our free weeks are going to be. He doesn't know exactly what we're going to do with that free time. I mean, there's certain things like going to the cottage, 
there's a, you know, we always have trips to London, trips to New York, trips to Scottsdale, trips to, mm-hmm. you know, Santa Monica. And we do those every year. We do those every year. And uh, they all have, New York never does, but the other three cities, London, Scottsdale, and Santa Monica, they always have a business event that we're going to, you mm-hmm. know. And then we take a ton of free time around when we, if you're going to London and you got a one or two day event, well, I say let's take another 10 days in London because it's Me uh, too. That's it's my favorite. Model. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a favorite spot. New York, we used to do workshops in New York and I used to do marketing events, but it's too hectic. It's New York is just too hectic for that. So mm-hmm. we decided that's not a good city to do it. I mean, two thirds of our New York clients wanted to come to Chicago or Toronto. So they got away from the, you know, from the intensity mm-hmm. of New York. So that kind of, if they don't want to do the workshop there, why are we doing the <laughs> workshop? <laughs> That's right. I remember, yeah, you, I, uh, said, so, I remember I went to, you did one at the Waldorf uh, yeah. in uh, New York. Yeah. At the top of the uh, top of the Waldorf. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, you know, you're very definitely swimming upstream and, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you're swimming against the current trying to accomplish anything in New York. So we decided, let's just go and see our friends, have dinners with our friends, go to plays and enjoy the city. London is real good. Uh, strangely, I mean, London's the world city. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what in the world connects, to London, more things in the world connect to London than any other city in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an incredibly busy. But for some reason, maybe it's because it's a treat for us and we're going there. The other thing is, we're you know we're drawing people now from all of Europe, and we get them from Africa, and they'll come up just to see an intro. They'll come up for three or four hours. I mean, and uh, so anyway, that's the story. But the the other thing, so we know all that going back to the whole point, Babs mm-hmm. knows exactly when these things are d- uh, d- doing. So I have four things that I always do. I, I write books, I create new books, I create new workshops, I create mm-hmm. new tools, and I do podcasts. Mm-hmm. That, so, so my life is four activities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we can schedule in the calendar a calendar exactly when they're going to be twelve months ahead. Okay, and so Babs already has has locked in the first thing she locked in. These are the free dates, and then the next thing that goes in is all the scheduled four things, the four activities that I talked about, and then the mm-hmm. other thirty days are kind of walk around days. You know, I've been working really hard. And usually the buffer days are, I always have a buffer day. I always have a buffer day when I've come back from free days. In other words, the day I get react back, over, yeah, yeah. I don't come back from free days on a Sunday night and then do a full focus day on Monday. Monday's loose day. I just wander around and yeah. talk to team members and everything like that. I can't stand that going for, you know, it's, yeah. You know, you're sick. It's not good for my nervous system. Right, 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 right. That's funny. Yeah, it's. I yeah. think it's been an interesting. So now my my default, like where I'm kind of more 
focusing my efforts in that those prime hours to applying them to some definite purpose as opposed to just sort of because if I don't, they can be just free, you know, like my mind just thinking or coming up with new stuff without any real structure purpose uh, mm. for it. You know, so I'm trying to allocate some of those hours on an, I heard the term one time in, in entertainment of an FSO contract. Do you know what that stands for? For services of that's how like if an actor or something has a contract with a, uh, with a production company, the contract yeah. is, at FSO for services of Dan Sullivan in this particular role, not in not his company, but only specifically Dan in this role. Yeah. And so yeah. that's kind of a you know this idea of allocating. That's if I take those three hours a day is basically my allocation of a thousand investable hours. In, in yeah. if I look at that, my unique ability time, or I look at my capabilities, that's one of those, that's the time that I can allocate those, those hours. Yeah. Taking a more kind of more disciplined kind of investor approach to that, you know, investing that asset of those three prime hours on things that are, that will have the highest return. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get smarter as you go along. I mean, yeah. people say, well, how can you do this? And I said, I've been working on this for 33 years, Right. you know, and that's, you know, that's over 130 quarters. And I said, yeah, one of my goals every quarter is the way I handle things next quarter is the well, the way I handle things this quarter is better than the way I did it last quarter. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. The entire Rogers system went down. On, I heard about on, that. Yeah, and there was a, we were on, I was just on the internet because I have Bell for the internet, and, mm -hmm. and which kind of tells me I'm going to have Bell for a lot more things in my life after Friday. But so it says massive Rogers failure. As if that just happened on Friday. I said, that's been happening for the last 25 years. <laughs> it's just that they decided to include everybody in it on Friday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, none of the restaurants, none of the restaurants, unless you had Visa, they, you couldn't pay. People and I mean, I mean, they're just losing the Cloudlandia game. I'll tell you. They're, oh, man. They're going to be a statistic, you know. Um, yes, they're like motorcycle riders. Every time a motorcycle rider goes back and is weaving in on out of uh, you know out of traffic ahead of me, Bab said, "Oh, that guy." I said, "No, he's a he's an organ donor." <laughs> <laughs> organ donor, Darwin at work, right there. Right. Yeah, he's then Rogers is just an organ donor. You know, yeah. they probably got some good technologies that will be dispersed at a certain point to other companies mm -hmm. that can make better use of them. But anyway, that's probably why we got cut off there. Yes. But well, Gord, Gord makes it seem, you know, this gets edited out.
<laughs> That's perfect. The yeah, you were saying that you're you kind of you know every quarter you kind of get better at yeah the, the things working and but you know what's amazing to me is you know as I've looked back it's been you know I look at my entrepreneurial career now thirty four years coming up in November and you know I look back at the if I really reflect on the things those were haven't really changed in terms of the things that I would, that I really enjoy doing the things that you naturally kind of do. And it's kind of a, an interesting approach because Stephen Pressfield, that's kind of one of the yeah. things that, that he looks at is getting into, you know, waiting for the muse is one thing, but training the muse to show up at 9am on <laughs> when you sit down at your desk is another, is another thing. Yeah. I told him we were trading stories. He's got great stories. And I, I found I had a useful story to contribute to the conversation. And, but we both had one that was the same famous person. And I mean, if you know, if you know something that's in the field of modern dance. Okay. So, okay. And there's one person who's just a legendary pioneer, and she's around 70 now, and she's been doing this since she was like 16 years old. Oh. And she was interviewed, you know, some program, and the person says, most modern dance, you're a teacher, you know, you're a dancer for maybe 15 or 20 years, and then you become a teacher, you know, you're the director of a dance, but you're not dancing anymore. And she was like 60 and she was still dancing full time. And he said, how do you do that? And she, she said, well, uh, ever since I started, I spend three hours every morning stretching. I stretch, mm -hmm. you know, there's every muscle you use in dancing. I just mm -hmm. make sure that every day those muscles get stressed. So he said, mm -hmm. so let me get this right. You've done this every day. She said, every day. And he said, how long now? And she says, well, I started at 16, so I started doing it then. And you've done it every day, and you're 60 now, and you've mm -hmm. done it. That's 44 years. You say, Are you telling me that every day for <laughs> 44 years, you've stretched for three hours? That's your habit. You have so No, she says, that's not the habit. He said, at 6 o'clock every morning, I have to get... Every morning, I have to get in the taxi, and the taxi takes me to the dance studio, uh -huh. yeah. and he knows the way, and as soon as we get there, I said, well, we're here. I might as well go into the studio, and I'm in uh -huh. the studio, and, he says, and since I'm here, I might as well stretch for three hours. She says, no, I have a habit of making sure I get in the taxi every morning at six o'clock. <laughs> yes, Exactly. What's the plumbing or the wiring that you're talking yeah. about, right? It's that. Well, uh, people say, yeah. People say you have to start doing a half hour exercise every morning. And mm. they say, I don't know. What do I know? Every morning you have to go down and you, you have to stand on the treadmill. If you want to stand on the treadmill for a half hour, stand on the treadmill <laughs> for a half hour. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love but it. since well, you're standing you on the treadmill, think what might happen if you turned it on. <laughs> That's the best. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I said, 
yeah, Stephen, we're kindred spirits. I'll tell you. I mean, I, yeah, uh, you're a habit guy. I'm a habit guy. Yeah. He, then we had a couple entertainment stories, and his was a great one. It was Cole Porter, very famous. You know, just tremendously famous composer even today, uh, Cole Porter. And he wrote a song that all his friends said, this is the best thing that Cole Porter, you know, ever wrote. And he got rejected, like the recording company rejected the song. You know, we don't really like this. And so his friend said, how could you, Cole Porter, how, I mean, how do you handle having one of your songs rejected? He said, I, I don't have time to think about it. There's another song coming down the tracks in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm good. I don't have time to think about it. I don't have time to think about it. There's a new one coming yeah. right, right, right away. And the story I told, that Stephen told me that story, and I told I told him, Ira, George and Ira Gershwin, you know, equally mm -hmm. famous to Cole Porter, and they had been working together, Ira, I think, was a couple of years older than George. Since they were like eight years old and six years old, they had been writing music and lyrics. You know, they, you mm -hmm. know, they, they started really early. So now they were famous. And they, so at the height of their career, they were at simultaneously doing musicals on Broadway. And then they were doing musicals in Hollywood for the, for the movies. Right. And, yeah, and it wasn't jet plane days, so they were taking luxury trains, you know, from New York to yeah. Los Angeles. So they were on a trip back to New York, and they got on, and they had, you know, they had some deadlines. And George had his notebook out right from the beginning, and they had a sleeper car, but during the day, they had their own sort of luxury suite, and he's sitting there, and he's writing page after page of music. He was like, he was, you know, he was writing music like uh -huh. some people, you know, write down in their notebook. You know, he was just page after page. And then about six hours out of New York, you know, it's like late morning, he handed the notebook to Ira, and he says, this is what I've done. And Ira just could read music. And he uh -huh. just wrote it. He said, oh, this is great. He said, I can already see the words, you know. And he was going, he said, to George, this is just really great. They get to Grand Central Station. They have to rush because they have an evening event. And so they pack everything up quickly. The bags go and they have a suite at the Waldorf Astoria. And he gets up. And so they have to go right out to the event. And they come back. And then Ira is just going around the suite frantically. And he says, George, he says, I lost the notebook. I can't find it anywhere. So George said, well, call the concierge. They know us. They'll call the, you know, they'll call the railroad. The porters all know us. They probably found it. And, and he comes back and he says, no, it's gone. And George said, mm -hmm. well, George said, well, there's more where that came from. Yeah, right. That's the greatest. That's what's so great. That, that's what I've found about the, you know, when you get into that flow, when you're really in your unique ability, that the, it's a bottomless well. Like I think yeah. your ability to think about your thinking and to develop new tools and new things of that, you could do it endlessly. Yeah. You know, I, it's so, that, and that's the same way. Well, I would I tell you, it, it would be hard at this stage. It would be harder not to do it than. They're right. The, not doing it is harder than yes. doing it. 
Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think of, a, you know, another celebrity story. It's Ronald Reagan, you know, when he mm-hmm. became famous as a politician. And the knock all, uh, that he was a great B actor and he made terrible films because, you know, the people who didn't like him, they had this thing about, well, what kind of president is he going to be? He was such a, you know, he wasn't right. much of an actor. And, that, you know, he always had a humorous comeback. And he said, you know, all those movies, you know, those terrible movies I made, they didn't tell me they wanted them good. They told me they wanted them on Tuesday. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. That's funny. Yeah. You yeah, know, that- and people talk about Shakespeare, you know, that Shakespeare had this lofty thoughts. You forget that Shakespeare, everything Shakespeare did was for money and to a deadline. Yes. I love it. Yeah, that's kind of, and I think when you're into that, it just perpetuates, you know? I think it was Stephen King who, you know, writes every day that same way, gets up in the morning, and yeah. the first thing is doing it. And But he's all, he writes one book at a time, and as soon as that one's done, he's automatically into the next one, even if it's the same day, even if he writes yep. the end. Then he writes the next, and it's still time on the clock yeah. kind of thing. Still starts right into the next one. But he's got, you know, I mean, you think of Stephen King as this mm-hmm. single individual, but he's got mm-hmm. a vast network of other people who do everything else to get the book from his, you know, from his pages to the public. Mm-hmm. He has, he just has this vast network. You know, oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, and that's, I think James, I know James Patterson. Oh, he's has, written uh, 250, 250 books. Right. Yeah. And what I found out about him is that he really largely does the outlining. Yeah. And the the main story gets all the, it's, it reminded me of the 80% approach yeah. is really kind of what he does, gets the... 80% approach and partners with other people to write the flesh it out to do the, to do the, no, I mean, the, and that's uh, the secret stuff. of Dean Jackson. I mean, you look yeah. like the, you know, you look like the floating marketing Buddha, but there's, uh-huh. you got lots of, you got lots of who's. Yes. That's the truth. Yeah. It takes you a got village. Lots of, but you know i was i'm fascinated by that thing it's the only way to really just stay in your unique ability i mean and to really just you know when i discovered the you know in the early in the early days of who not how the self-milking cow idea of really taking all of our processes seriously taking them, outlining everything that has to happen, and then drawing the milk line, which things are the milk that that only the cow can do. And that really got us to the point of, that was where the podcast, you know, the Dial Talk Done podcast model came from, was realizing (laughs) that the, the milk of the podcast is what gets said. And everything else. So it's literally, I mean, we, you and I have been doing these same, you've been experiencing this as long as you and I have been doing podcasts that you dial in and we talk 
and it's done, but it's not yep. anything else that we're doing. It's a whole team of people in process behind yeah. it. Now, one of the things I want to go back to something you said right at the beginning about synchronous mm-hmm. and asynchronous. Yeah. Okay. So my schedule is totally synchronous, but what I do in terms of the scheduled times is always asynchronous. So this is always scheduled, our podcast, uh-huh. always, but what we're going to talk about is completely asynchronous. Right, exactly. I, 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 you know, I mean, a minute before I press the Kissimmee number to get to you, Kissimmee, Florida, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and I look at recents. I look at recents. I said, yeah. well, half of them are to the same phone number. So <laughs> <laughs> there it That's is. That's easy. They say, yeah. you have Dean's phone number? I said, yeah, just go to recents. Doesn't matter. Go back to yours. <laughs> half the numbers are kissing me Florida. <laughs> That's so funny. As a matter of fact, you're 80% of my phone calls, but I think you may be the only person that I actually phone. Sometimes I get phone calls, you know, from other yeah, right, people. Right. You know. But it's in funny. the schedule that I'm getting a phone call. Like, yeah. nobody just phones me. And right. I said, nobody just phones me, you know, because there's there's guards, there's pit bulls, there's yeah. rattlesnakes, there's moats, yeah. there's minefields. Because <laughs> I don't like being interrupted, you know, like I, when yeah. I'm doing something. And, and I know people who... They get called 25 times a day by people they don't know. And I said, I can't live right. in that world. I can't live in that world. Yeah, no way. No, there's something to, you know, having that level of support and process is, but creating that is done, you know, asynchronously in those times that yeah. I'm sitting with my journal and my remarkable mapping it out, the thinking, yeah. getting to the point to simplify something. So, you know, getting and it your down tablet, to just a, a tablet kind of, immediately, your tablet, whatever you want to send immediately organizes yeah. itself into type and it's connected to, it's connected to the, you know, it's connected to the internet. So you can yes. just, you can just take email what it. you want yeah. and email it. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah your thoughts, they're your thoughts this minute, and next minute somebody's reading your thoughts if you yeah. choose to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a really, it was so funny. I had a conversation that relates to Cloudlandia. It was somebody we were talking, and they said, boy, you know, this thing that Elon Musk is planning with Neuro, Neuralink, have you read about it? I said, yeah, I read, I, you know, I read it when he announced it. And he says, boy, have you ever thought about like like having your brain actually attached to the internet? And I said, I have a two follow through. I have a two fact finder. I have a two follow through. I have a 10 quick start and I'm clinically diagnosed as AD. Can you imagine what would happen if I attached my brain? Is it it going to make things real simple and real clear? I said, I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, the only reason why Neon's, uh, Elon's talking about it is that he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, you know, it's very interesting. I just finished my last, my last current quarterly books, number 31, mm-hmm. and it's called You Are Not a Computer. 
you're not mm. a computer. And, and I start off with a chapter that says 10 versus 100. Okay. And what I say, I got 10 human beings and I got 100 computers. Okay. And each starts, each human being starts with the same message and tells the second person what the message is. And it goes down the line until you hit a 10th person. And then mm-hmm. the 10th person comes back to the first person and says, this is the message. I guarantee you it has no resemblance to the first message. Right. Yes. First computer, you give it the message. The hundredth computer has it. The thousandth computer has it. The millionth computer has it. I said, that's the difference between computers and human beings. They process information. We make up meaning. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how things get confused. They're interpreting that they're adding something to it. Yes. Have you ever needed full information to make to create an explanation? No, that's true. No, as yeah. a matter of fact, I, as a matter of fact, I like as little information as possible to make up an explanation. <laughs> Yeah, that's we make sense. We make each of us makes sense of what's happening and whether it's correct or not, or whether it's accurate. That has nothing to do. What we're really striving for is entertainment for ourselves. I mean, in that yeah, whole, entertaining uh, for right, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. We we just made sense. We just made sense of things again. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. people said, yeah, but it's completely unrealistic. It's just. You know, I mean, nobody will agree with you. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it to make sense for myself. Yeah, that's something. I was, you know, I was thinking about as we were talking about the team, like the village kind of thing. It was well, what I found really inspiring. And I think about your project managers in this process, but oh, watched. we just had the five month. But I, sh- I should tell you about this. It's okay. Really great. Yeah, go ahead, though. You're, well, tell I me was going to say thinking. that. So Oprah, I watched several years ago, Oprah did a behind the scenes on her last season, the 25th season of the Oprah show. And I was fascinated by how much of a precision machine that was. You know, like she's got, there are six, producer teams that she has that were, you know, that run, do all the shows. And that was, you know, each of them have, you know, six people on that producer team. And so there, they showed the whole season coming together there. You know, she had one executive producer, Sherry Salata, who went on to be the head of own network, but, they're in the boardroom and they're arcing out all the things they want to do over the season. Like what are the shows going to be about is 108 shows they do in a season. And then they're kind of distributing them out to the producer teams. And then they each week, they do six shows a week. I think is how they did it. They shoot two shows two shows a day, three days a week. And when they're in uh, production, they just show the meetings with Oprah where they come in and everything has a structure. 
they're just going over the, you know, they've got, he takes the intro. Somebody takes this, you know, the segment, segment producers on each of the, the show. And it reminded me of, you know, the sort of structure around how you must have it set up for your quarterly books. If you look at your quarterly book as a show, yep. you know, what, how does the, what's the progression kind of thing from, you must already have a, you know, a list of potential, do you have ideas or titles when you're Yeah, well, I just about, have, t- I just have titles and I've okay. got a file. And, yeah. you know, uh, as I'm going, like, uh, I produce a book a quarter, but there's not yeah. a quarter that goes by where I don't think of two or three new titles for future right. books. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you, you know. You just look through and pick the title. Yeah, I just quarter. look through. And then, you know, and sometimes it just uh, surprises you, you know. Yeah. Uh, somebody, uh, I'm in a workshop and somebody will say something. Yeah. Uh, or I'll come up with a new tool. The pre the previous book, the one that's currently out there, the Who Not How, that was a, a not Who Not How. <laughs> no, I can tell you a whole story about Who Not How. Anyway, no, but it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it was not being right. bothered. Not I haven't read that one yet. And it was just a an insight that I had that maybe bother doesn't mean anything. Bother is just something that kind of paralyzes you in the moment. And I said, and you don't even know where it comes from, but you just get stopped. You kind of get stopped. And where you get into trouble is you think that the thing that bothers you means something. And what I, mm-hmm. what I said, I'm just going to change the name of everything that bothers me that I'm just bothered. And I say, and there's a skill that I had to develop that anytime I'm bothered, I have to consciously say, oh, you're bothered. If you weren't bothered, what would you be doing? And it's kind of like mm. the joy of procrastination, but it's yeah. bother. And I uh-huh. just simply, and the moment you ask yourself a question, your brain can't ignore the question. So I mean, well, you should be doing this. So I go and do this. I do it. And then I come back and I'm not bothered anymore. So I just from my future, I've eliminated that anything that bothers me for the rest of my life means anything. The only thing it means is that I'm bothered and I could be doing something else right at the mm. moment that was more productive. Yeah. You know? So that's an idea. So that I did the workshop tool on it and it was gangbusters. Everybody loved it. And I said, well, this is worth a book. And so, yeah. and then I did the book and then I do a mindset scorecard on the that's a tool in coach and you go through and you identify that a mindset actually has about i just arbitrarily said it's got eight parts to it and i say what are the eight parts of this mindset and i go through and then you say someone who is someone who has really gotten a on top of this and is masterful, it looks like this. And somebody who's roadkill, you know, they just get their life gets destroyed by it looks like this. And then I do a fast filter on each of the mindsets and I go and I'm not going to take you through the whole process or take a whole show, 
but uh, <laughs> there are that there are, that starts a teamwork project where there's nine other people who will develop the project. No, I mean it's like your ninety ninety yeah. minute book, you right. know. And the first, and of the last 31 books that I've written, I haven't written anything in 29 of them. Right. People have said, boy, you're, you really write fast. I said, I'll tell you the best way to write fast is not do the writing. Right. <laughs> that was my big discovery is that, you know, nobody ever gets talker's block. That's the... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's not true, <laughs> but it's about speaking between you and me, it's right. an accurate statement. I've never had talkers black. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I, that, I, yeah. I had to laugh. One of the most excruciating experiences of my life, you know, we had a litigation over the last couple of years, and yeah. I had to go through deposition, and my lawyer said, now, Dan, the appropriate answer to everything the opposing lawyer asks you is yes or no. And, <laughs> but I said, I've got stories, I've got jokes. I've got <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, now, right, right. So for eight hours, I can't use, I, I can't talk as I, I enjoy talking. You had to, you yeah. know, I had to do it. It was the most excruciating out eight hours of Conscious, yeah, we're, conscious, we're, we're used to we're used to questions or prompts like that being the oh yeah the cue for a story or a, yeah or something. One of my most powerful of my strength finder, you know, the strength finder profile uh -huh. is context. I want to tell people all sides of the issue, where this came from, how he says yes or no. And every time I slipped during the de deposition, I regretted it afterwards. Oh boy, uh huh. Yeah, you almost need like a delay. It's a, it's a buffer. So it's yeah. This thing, and then at the end, just so, so yes, the only, or no. The only yeah. thing that the only thing that let me get through it is about halfway through. I said, you know, she and I are on the same side. We both mm -hmm. have the same check. We both have the same check writer who's going to write the bill for this. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So I felt sort of a kindred spirit. I felt like I was in teamwork with her, you know? Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's you have so to change funny. the meaning. You have to change yes. the meaning. And, that, and yes. that's what humans do. Hum I mean, humans at our best, regardless of the situation, we change the meaning of the situation to serve our purposes. And not being bothered, yeah. That's great. Well, I'm off to celebration today for a Breakthrough Blueprint starting tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yes, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's nice to be. So I just uh, want to let live. you know, we we did our Free Zone Summit in West Palm, you know, at the Four Seasons mm -hmm. last year. And we loved it so much. We're going to do it again next year in February. Oh, so I just good. wanted to know that. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll be there this time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't miss yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that was a fast hour. It really was, but always entertaining and always fun and always picked yeah. up right where we left off. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>